Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry. With me today is Terry. Uh, yeah, Max is unable to, to join us. He's, uh, I mean, he's out. He's out and about, you know, doing his thing. I'm assuming he is in the middle of a dance floor right now, surrounded by people just pouring Jaeger into his mouth as he... As he dances, uh, probably to some disco version of Z cars, Z cars. Yeah. So, I said Z cars. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that's that's how I learned. At being an American, that's how I learned it before I heard someone say it. Z cars. That's what I say. I say Z cars. <laughs> Feeling such a tool now. Every time I do it, accidentally. <laughs> and then, and all the all the people listening are like, "Yeah, that's pretty bad, man. That's 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 awful." Um, <laughs> It's it's a season review. We're going to be uh, splitting it up into three separate segments. We're going to start off talking about Sylvan Bronze. Um, how, how have they done? How are they doing? Uh, and then we'll move on talking about uh, standout players and disappointments. And then we'll finish with uh, matches that stood out. And that's that would be the end of the video. And then we'll, we'll move on to a pod-only segment in which Terry and I will be comparing our starting 11 to the Avengers. Which Avenger is Luca Dean? Okay? Which Avenger is, is Jordan Pickford? It's just the starting 11, though, because we have a pretty set starting 11 now. Okay? So, I think it'll be funny, and I think it's going to be really interesting if Terry, how many similarities we have, you know? And I do think there's an interesting discussion to be had when we figure out who the heck uh, Nick Fury is. So, we'll, we'll figure that out. And people who don't know what Avengers are, are just like, I don't know what this shit is. But that's okay. It's okay. Um, so, Terry, let's talk about Silva. Um, how have you felt about Silva overall? I mean, you know, we've got a lot to discuss when we're talking about a manager, uh, transfers they brought in, how he worked with the, the current squad, the people he shipped out, um, how were his... Uh, big games, games against teams we should have won. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to discuss when you're talking about manager. Where do you want to start? Um, I think this season you've we've seen we've learned a lot about Silva, like throughout different parts of the season. I mean, you think of what he inherited. Um, the, the club, the dressing room was just toxic. Like, there was no you know, togetherness, no team spirit. That was evident on the pitch, you know, last season across, you know, three different managers. There was players getting sent home from training. There was, you know, players who were asking on deadline day to go out on loan and, you know, whatnot, even the ones who didn't go. Silva seems to have done a really good job of sort of fostering a good, strong team spirit again, which is, it's so important. It's people don't realise that if you've got a squad that are working for each other and fighting for each other and for the manager it can make the difference in a lot of games. So I think he's done well in that regard. Um, style of play, it took a while, but he's he's definitely in, implemented his own style of play. I think it's based on a lot of you know wing play and a lot of little triangles between different players. And you know you can see the difference on, you know, the, the position of eighth might be the same, but if you look at, there was, there was a graphic put up on, on Twitter where every single metric, you know, pass, pass completion, 
um, attacks, you know, every single metric for a positive football had improved greatly. And that's what you want. You know, you, you can't work miracles by making, you know, slow play, players fast or weak players stronger. So, but he can implement a team sort of like um, formula. And I feel mm. he's done that. The biggest thing that I've liked this season from Silva is how we face down problems. Things that some things like how he arrested a slide in performance that middle third of the season was awful. Like we were the second from bottom in the form table for a long time. Um, then we had the 17 day break when he seemed to turn right it right there. Yeah. yeah, after that 17 day break, you just saw a, a, a bit of a a bit of a sea change with the players. Like they started to, you know, the, the system started to work, the, the, the formula started to to set in and not just that I think a big thing he did this season Silva was face down the problem at Goodison he didn't come out and say the fans need to back us because it's hurting our performance that's part way true that it was but he didn't say it like that he didn't then come out and just lay it all on his players and say you need to make this crowd sing you need to get this crowd off their feet he faced down the problem and said it's a bit of both. We need the fans to be with us and we'll play better when they are with us, but it's not all on them. You need to you need mm-hmm. to work with the crowd. And not only did that seventeen day break help on the pitch, but after that, I think it, the the next home game I think it was when we brought the siren in and stuff like that, you sort of start to see a real turnaround at Goodison. Like the supporters started to get behind the team. Even when we weren't play, even when things weren't going well. I think it was a sort of coming together of the manager, players and supporters that the clubs needed for a while. I don't I think Ronald Koeman tried to you know, I think he felt it was there but didn't try and address it. I don't think Allardyce was any mind to address it. And I, that showed some real real like stones for the manager. It showed some real bottle. Because a lot of managers in his position coming off a really bad run and hadn't been at the club very long and hadn't been at any club very long. It was quite a risky thing to do. So that doesn't come off the fans turn on him. And I, I, it told me a lot about him, um, Silver Swan. I'm really pleased with Silver. There was some things I didn't like, like going out the cups early and stuff like that, and you know the the poor run in the middle of the season. But overall, I think considering what he st- inherited and where he started, and the fact that he made changes when he needed to and he improved things that he needed to, I'm pretty pleased with Silver. He's definitely, um, I definitely think he's the right man at the minute. Yeah. Uh... I think if I'm going to give him like a, if this was like a class and I gave him, you know, an A being the best, B, C, D, whatever, um, I can't give him a straight up A because of that middle third. Can't do it, you know. Um, but I'd give him a B because, honestly, because of what I saw after that 17-day layoff. To me, like, you saw all of a sudden the players start understanding zonal marking. That me and there were far less goals off of set plays, goals against off of set plays. Um, we clearly were working on it. You ca- you saw a manager doing his job. You saw coaching. You know, you actually saw players getting concepts and being brought in. And he, it's almost like players started understanding roles. You know, you saw Calvert Lewin plug in up at the head of that pressing system and you saw him pressuring those passing lanes and you could see him doing his job now not scoring goals but he's enabling other players to do their jobs you know what i mean um i i i like the fact that you started seeing uh, 
an adjustment on his part around who we have. To me, that's an intelligent manager, not trying to say, hey, let's take what we have and wedge it in like this. He's, he has certain things he likes to do, but he's being flexible here or there. You know, some players I do not think are his were his ideal style of player. Like, I'm not completely sure that Adrissa Gay fit what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? However, he's developed something that, that makes Adrissa Gay just absolutely be essential to what we do. You know, he's he's using the strengths that we have to our advantage and making everything harmonious around them. You know, it's just, it's really intelligent football. The style, the style has developed. It did take a while, but it, it, there is a style there now, you know? Um, and you know what? Well, I realize last season we finished in eighth, blah, blah, blah. Anybody who watches the football sees that it's different than last season. Um, I don't hate myself at the end of this season to start off with. That was that was a good thing, uh, but the way the, the way we approached games against the top six compared to the way we did it last year, you know, last year Allardyce goes goes to Arsenal and does five at the back, and there's certain players have no idea how to play that system, you know, and it's just it's just a god awful depressing. And even even though we lost to Arsenal earlier this season, it was still a better performance than that day. Still a better performance, and we didn't even have cohesion really yet. You know? Um, but we're starting to see it now. And what's going to happen is he's going to start bringing in these pieces. And this is going to be like, I saw on Twitter, somebody said this is going to be the first time he's had a second season at a club since he was at, like, Estoril. That's a that's a big long gap of time for him. Just I don't know. My imagination is doing somersaults right now because it's like imagine what the man can do because he did come back. We all everybody was kind of like at first they were like I don't know now. We had that one bad break with one bad bounce and all of a sudden we just are shit and we felt like it. You know what I mean? It was we we were. We were kind of like, you know what, we're still going to be patient, but this is just not boding well. Well, then again, we talked about how thin our squad was. It was thin. It was really thin for that moment, probably contributing to our results, but also players figuring out what the hell they're working with and Silva figuring out who the hell he's working with. You know? I, I, I'm I, really excited about, about what Marco Silva has brought, you know? Um... And you know what? People can bring inflatable snakes all they want. <laughs> bring them on. You know, I'm fine with that. You know, <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I honestly, I've, I've enjoyed the play this season. I love going up against a, a, a big team and just punching them right in the mouth and going, I don't care. I don't care what, what little, what do you have on your shirt? I don't care. You know, I love that. You know, because I have, I, I grew up playing for those little teams, not the big teams. You know what I mean? And so, and I, that's the ty- team types of teams I always pull for. The ones who are, you know, look, look the supposed big guys right in the eye and go, I am not intimidated. I'm going to get in your shit, okay? You know? And through that, you gradually, be- you know, remember that you're one of the big guys. <laughs> Just take, it's like you forgot for a little while, you know? So, um, <laughs> So anyway, I 
not a perfect season, right? No, no. There's a lot. There's a lot to be improved on, but um, for a fair season, considering what we had, not bad. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, let's talk about uh, Marcel. Marcel Bronze. Uh, how how do you feel about uh, about Marcel Bronze without pulling out any of your poetry? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've all written Marcel our own, you know, verse from the heart. <laughs> Seriously, how do you feel about Marcel though? You know, I mean, pretty good. I mean, the proof's in the pudding with the as far as one part of his his job, the recruitment. He's he's made some really good acquisitions. Um, he's completely he's boxed off our left hand side for hopefully years to come with with eighteen million, eighteen million pound for Luca Dean and Bernard on a free. It's like them two together. It's like to you know to have one whole flank of your team sorted out for God less than you know. Bournemouth play for Dominic Solanke, who's hardly done anything mm-hmm. for them. Like when you think of the prices players go for now to get two players of such quality on what on that mm-hmm. side for less than twenty million, that's just fun. It's just unbelievable. Like you know, such that's good transfer work. That's good homework done. None of the players who he's brought in have been disappointed with. Richarlison's been good, been our top scorer. Zoom has been a revelation. Like he, he's now one of those players who we you know desperate to sign permanently and he was only last second wasn't he he was actually signed after the transfer window was shut so it's a late in the day move Yuri Mina I mean a lot of people are disappointed with him but um, it's not really Marcel Brands' fault that he picks up injuries and when he has played I think he's done alright he's had a couple of bad games we've played 12 and I think he's been better in the ones that he's been better in more than he's been poor in uh, Andre Gomez a baller like I, he's another one we need to sign like not seeing as much of him as I'd like because he's been in and out of the team but when he has played and he's been good he's been a cut above I asked the West Ham fans after the win away at West Ham what they thought of Andre Gomez like their fans were coming out of their stadium saying yeah. that guy just absolutely ran that game he was a top six player of course two of them are on loan it's you know he, 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 Marcel's got it all to do now to try and get them and you know do Work some magic again. Get get another couple of Bernards and Dinias, but you know he's proved he's done it once. Um, the other part of his job is the selling of players and getting rid of them because the squad is and was massively bloated, and it was the first thing Silver and Brands together said in the press conference that this is this can't be, this is not right. This can't be left. He the there's so many senior players. They're all on. The majority of them are on huge wages. Some of them aren't even contributing for that wage, and we need to do something. We need to get rid of them now. A lot of the players he moved out of the door were only temporarily moved out of the door. A lot of them were on loan, and now he's got it all to do this summer to try and move them on properly. Like there's still he got rid of him. He get rid of. He got rid of uh, Rooney, um, Funes Murray, uh, Davy Klassen possibly one more I can't remember uh, Joel I know his contract expired yeah uh, but yeah I mean he got rid of, of some Deadwood and he needs to just carry on doing that I mean a lot of the players who went out on loan I think the vast majority of them haven't done enough at those clubs to earn loans so it's yeah. going to take some real skill to get them moves but I think now 
I think now he's probably got more of a chance um, with the you know the shorter contracts. They've all got one last year on the contracts with like Morales and Kuka Martina and stuff like that. I think any club who wants to loan them are effectively buying them because they're going to be the same with Ashley Williams this year. Their contract will run out and then they'll just sign them or they won't if, if, if they want them. So, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty pleased with Marcel as well. It's harder to judge a director of football because you don't know what he does. You only really see tangibly what he does um, in the transfer windows. Uh, I think he was very brave, much as that praised Silva for being brave by facing down the crowd issue. I think um, Brands was very brave to not um, buckle in January and bring in a striker when things were going poorly. The, everyone was saying, we need to buy a striker, we need to buy this, we need to buy that, we need to go and do business. And he said he stuck to his guns, he said this is not a market where there's any value. Everton should know that themselves because we've very rarely made any you know, long-term positive acquisitions in January. We typically only ever right. buy short-term fixes and a lot of people was wanted them to go out and get, say, um, Michibachuai. But right. and the pressure will have been immense to go and get him. But and but we would have had to have bought him, bought him. Sorry, because of Chelsea's transfer. Um, sorry, the, sorry, the Kurt Zoom alone. We would have had to buy him rather than loan him again. And that would have been ridiculous. Moving you know, the wages, the money. He said no. He, he stuck to his guns. He rode the storm and said, "I can understand the temptation, but it will not help long term." Look at last season. We're now trying to move on Tosin. Wouldn't, I mean, he didn't say that I'm sure but, but look, you know, like, there's no value in this market and, and, he, and he resisted it and, and he said we're doing all of our work for the summer and hopefully by August we turn around and go yeah that was worthwhile because look at the players we got if we'd have brought in um, players in January we might not have got this player or that player and they're, gonna, they're a lot better than they would have been yeah I think you look at a lot of these players that we that we had signed that were on way too high wages just way way too high and uh the idea of being able to sell them and and uh move them on is just really really low likelihood mm. it just doesn't happen very often i do think there's a possibility of us buying some players off you know some of the players that maybe don't have too much more on their contract saying here's some money you want to go do your thing i don't know uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't really know why it couldn't happen, but I don't think I don't think that will happen just because I, I, clubs don't do that because because it tends to be if we're gonna if they're gonna pay that money anyway they might as well just like have them around to, in case they need them right like, or just try and get them their agents to get loan moves so someone will pay mm. some wages and because if you're gonna pay say Morales has got. Two million pound left on his contract or whatever it is in wages, rather than just pay that up front and let him go off. You, you, it, I just don't think it makes sense on the balance sheet to pay that when you could just pay it over a longer period and over a season you've still got him if you need him, kind of thing. I think as supporters we want to do that to get rid of them and get them out the door, but I think the the sort of money men would be like, mm, don't do that. I, I have a question about that though. But if if you could get them to accept less than the remainder of their contract is worth, then but they, and what they get out of it is total freedom to move wherever they want. 
like pennies on the dollar kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like basically, you're kind of like, hey, I realize we'll owe you another seven million over the span of this last year on your contract. We'll give you four, and and you go right now, and you you be a free agent right now. Go wherever you want. Yeah. I just don't know. Would they do? Would a player go like that if they had the total freedom to go wherever? You know what I mean? I just don't know. What, how much their freedom's worth to them? Depends on on the player. I think um, I think some older players whose careers are winding down probably wouldn't do that. They're going to go. I'm not going to get a good move anywhere. They want the money. Want the money. Whereas someone like maybe Sandro Ramirez with his whole career in front of them, he might. He wouldn't be an option anyway because he's got too many years on his contract. But um, so oh my gosh, we are paying him so much. I know. But to be honest, I can't. Just quickly on that one, I can't even be angry at the club for that one. Um, he, he looked the part. He looked like I was so excited about that guy. I am. Yeah. I I just have so much. Yeah, I read that one really wrong. I just everyone did he, he was young he was scoring goals he was in a position we needed he, you know he ticked all the boxes the only mistake we made was we uh, got played by his agent and paid him too much money because I think his agent said yeah Atletico Madrid are in for him and then we paid him lo- lots and lots of money to not go to them when they probably were never in for him because if they're in for him there wouldn't have been an amount of money we could have paid to get him well I was under the impression another reason we did that uh, we paid him a lot was because his release clause was so low. It was only like five million yeah. or something. It was so low. It's essentially getting a free. Yeah. And so you got to give give that money. You know. Yeah. Functionally, you know, that five million could be in lieu of a, you know, signing bonus or something like that. So I can't even blame mm-hmm. the club for that. But it's it's all for brands to do now. This is where we'll really see Marcel Brands as metal because he's got to. Not only do what he did last season, bringing players in, he's also got to sell and sell and sell again and get rid of these players off the books and get the club healthy again financially. But it's been here a while now. He was rushed into things last summer. This summer he's had a whole year to get ready and it's part of his project. This is why we pay him the money. Yeah, hard to... I'd be curious to know what what happens with players like uh, Vlasic, uh, Onyekuru, Mm. uh, players that... You know, uh, Onyekuru, I th- I'm under the impression, wants to be here, but can he be here? And is it a situation where we'll cash in the way people are talking about uh, with Munich? Uh, Vlasic has said he doesn't want to be here. I saw a rumor where he might be going to Galatasaray uh, on loan. Uh, I don't know, man. I Just these players that, I mean, Besic, I forgot about Mo Besic. You know, and I don't think Pulis is over at uh, Middlesbrough anymore. So... Uh, Besic probably coming back and he's like I don't know where to go <laughs> so a lot of situations like that and Ashley Williams is he gone? yeah he's gone his contract oh. last year of his contract was last season so he, it'll just expire in June and he won't be renewed we've got a lot of players like that in the last year of the contract this year so I think that's why we'll see probably see a lot of loans again for those players rather than a club buying them and then it just won't be renewed we've got like James McCarthy I think like that and Morales is definitely like that. Martinez. Yeah. So they, they, this will probably be the last of them. But it, it just there's still one or two like Balassi and like Sandro who are a little bit harder to shift because they've got big wages with no sort of tangible quality. Like the clubs, the clubs they'd improve cannot afford those wages. Simple as that. Oh, Balassi. Yeah. Sorry. I... 
I tend to forget about Balassi. He's a player. I was, another player I was sort of excited about just because of the, the his tendency of certain games just to take over, be like, "This is mine. I'm going to dominate right now." But he's usually against against us. Yeah, <laughs> he was always a. Uh when he was at Crystal Palace, the player who scored against Liverpool. So as soon as he signed for Everton, that went out the window. I thought, well, maybe... Oh, that was gone. Yeah. Bye-bye to that. <laughs> he, he, he missed one derby, and I think he played I think he played one, the FA Cup one. And he was... Mm. He, yeah, it didn't make any difference, frankly. But, um, oh, well. Uh, his oh. injury really took away a lot of his explosion. Yeah. It was all I'm, about that explosion. I wasn't you know? for him anyway. I've never really... Yeah, especially for that price we got him out. It was ludicrous, but Ronald Koeman and Steve Walsh, everyone. And yeah. Men who yeah. Uh, silver and brands replaced did a lot of damage in a short amount of time. I always wonder what would have happened if Koeman had got Giroud when he wanted to get him. You know, I was always curious. I have no idea. I just feel like he, he would have been closer to what he wanted. He needed that big you know striker in the middle to be able to because that was our attack is just literally launching balls to the middle and to have him to be able to just one touch them in so what you know jink tosin essentially except you know taller and better <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it would have made that much difference because we still would have had no pace and we'd have still been a team of strangers that was the problem we bought so many players at the same time and put them all in like how like that first game against stoke when you think about it like Klassan, Sigurdsson, Rooney, Sandro all made their debut. I think, um, yeah, Keane and Pickford, more than half the team were playing yeah. the first Premier League game together, and we won. Shows why Stoke went down, didn't it? But Yeah, yeah. pretty clearly. That is a, that's funny, the, the fact that all those players made their debut. That's really funny. Yeah, uh, yeah just, uh, just a lot of slow, a lot of slower players that needed to be surrounded by, by faster players, really. Uh, you put them all on at once, though, and yeesh. Mm. It's like molasses. Ugh. All right. So that is that is our uh, silver bronze review for the, for the season. I'd say for the most part, we're feeling pretty good. I think we're feeling like we're in good hands, you know, um, which is cool. All right, so uh, we'll move on to... Uh, Standout players and disappointments, question mark, uh, right after this break. Here's a catchy tune. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that catchy tune. Yeah, it was super catchy. I, I don't know what it was. All right, so <laughs> uh, I may just edit in something nothing catchy at all, like the least catchy tune ever, just to make myself seem an idiot. I don't have to work hard at that. All right, so uh, standout players and uh, disappointments. Um, I've got a list I've written down, but I always let other people go first uh, because I don't want to be rude, really. Be like, hey, I, I'm I'm directing questions, but no, let me go first. That just sounds <laughs> like dick move, you know? So, Terry, 
uh, throw me throw me uh, in your view a standout player this season. It could be a maybe a, a pleasant surprise, if you will. Um, so you want to be surprised? Or you want me to go for the obvious one? Surprised? You know what? I'll tell you what. Why not, go where you want to go. You know, hey, the world is your oyster, my friend. No, I'm going to go with a surprise. I'm going to go with um, not Luca Dean. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Michael Keane. Ah, Michael Keane. I've heard of him. Uh, why? Um, I think he's a good comeback story. I mean, last season he went from at the beginning of the season, you know, we new player, and he was an England international, and he you know was very highly thought of. And then last season was just a disaster for him. He was he struggled throughout the season. He had um, you know a recurring injury on his foot, and you know he, he was he was a victim of. Um, you know, managers who were over poor managers over him, bad style, um, rotating, you know, cast of partners next to him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had flagged him up as the one of the biggest disappointments of last season. And now to come into the end of this season and he's been one of the standout players. He's he's just turned it around. He's been an absolute yeah. rock at the back. There's been times where He's not been perfect, you know, he's made mistakes and all that, but overall, like, most of the time, he's been super strong. He's been the player that we bought. He, you know, he, he, seem, he does tend to excel in against the bigger teams, I find. You know, when he's playing against the really good players, when he's, you know, having to defend like a lion, he's having to, like, you know, throw himself in front of the ball and he's having to win, you know, his battles. It's it, The only games he seems to not perform as well in is when it's, yeah, Everton. You just have the ball. You just have all of the ball, and then we, you know, see what we can do. That that tends to be when he, you know, he struggles a little bit because maybe it's a concentration thing. I don't know, but he's he is up there for the most improved player this season. He's you know he was easily on every on a lot of people's uh, you know get rid list last summer, and now I don't think he's anywhere near anyone's. He's he's one of the key players in the team and. It goes to show of the three senior centre backs, you know, not including Jaggy Elka, um, three first choice centre backs we've had this season. How often has he not been involved in the combination? It's always been Keane or and Zuma or Keane and Mina, and then um, it's it's I think once we had Zuma and Mina, and then it went straight back to Keane because he was the the linchpin at the back. He was the the stability. Mm-hmm. So he's one of my standouts for this season. Yeah, I think he led the team in aerial duels and clearances, which kind of plugs into, you know, he was brought in by who? Mr. Moneyball, all right? Steve Walsh Moneyball, all right? Uh, that that was one of the reasons why, you know, he was sitting there. He, he was all about stats. So it doesn't surprise me that Keane can, is great at clearances and aerial duels. It doesn't surprise me in the least. Uh, he is. He was the most consistent performer in the back uh, when it comes to Cinerax. However, he did get to play more than the others, which might explain his numbers being more inflated than theirs, if I'm going to be fair. Um, uh, I think he is a, a more intelligent passer than he's given credit for by a lot of people. Uh, I do think sometimes it takes him a while to turn. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit of a quickness thing with him whatever good surprise though i agree with you completely that is a very good surprise to start off with because i didn't see that coming at the beginning of the season did not i don't think anyone did i mean i i had faith that he would be better than we'd seen but 
he's he's really turned it on and, and let's not forget that his last last ditch tackle against uh, Mo Salah in the Goodison Derby pretty much saved football for the season and stopped oh, winning yeah. the league. Like, You're welcome, yeah. world. <laughs> I'm <Michael Dean. laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Um, so, uh, Michael Keane, that was a really that's a good one. Um, can I just say that uh, I was as far as every one of our signings, except for, I can't say Mina is <clears throat> is a, a surprise or a standout player yet. I think he'll get there. I, I've been a big – he was maybe the signing I was most excited about. Um, but I can't really – however, every one of the other signings has has adapted well, has looked strong, and I, I – I, so instead of naming them individually and having a separate discussion, they all just – it was just an impressive showing from that group. Yeah. And if Mina doesn't get injured – as much as he was this season, uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I mean, Zuma obviously a rock in the back um, gave us more speed in the back, which was nice to have more speed and quickness from the center backs. Gomez is a damn general, all right, and and you know, you know, beard club for men <laughs> representative, which is nice. Uh, Bernard who, you know, is one of the more fun players to watch. He gave us one of those people who can weave in and out on the back and actually take somebody on the inline. You know, uh, I don't see him as an, as an enormous goal threat. I just don't. Uh, I do feel like he's a creator. He creates chances, and that right there, something we needed desperately. Consistency. His his uh, interplay with Luca Dean on the, on the, on the flank is just... Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And Luca Dean, all right, who had, I feel like, one of the biggest tasks of anyone filling Leighton Bain's shoes. All right, I mean, the guy uh, is great in the air. <laughs> he's a fantastic defender. Uh, he's an intelligent combination player. He's not one of those players who weaves in and out like with, with on the dribble, but he just passes moves and he just combines well with other players. He's exactly as advertised. Exactly. When I watched tons of video of him, when I heard we might be signing him, he's exactly what I expected. It was so nice. So I guess the surprise is it translated. Mm. You know, and I did, I, the other thing I didn't realize is how good his service is. It is pinpoint accuracy. Mm. So good. All right. I just, yeah, and I didn't know he could do that, those, uh, those dead balls outside the box in terms of bending that, you yeah. know. Oh my God! I didn't know that was I didn't know that was a thing that he could do. So, um, yeah. So that's that's my cheating answer is for <laughs> those for surprises or or standout players. I'm just saying the signings for the most part, excepting Yeri Mina, who will be fine. Right there, all of them are great. All of them stood out. Every single one of them. I mean, look at Dean. We got Player of the Year. Yeah. You know, brand new. That's crazy. Yeah, said in the previous um, video about like you know, testament to brands. Every single player we brought in was great. Like the varying levels of great, but none of them were poor. Like it's just, and frankly, I, I just think that like the money that was spent was finally well spent after spent. You know, mm. um, under 
Walsh and whatnot, even the better players we bought, you know, we overpaid for a lot of them. But the, all the new players we brought in, you know, like Luca Dean and Bernard and all that, oh, these players, if we were to sell them now, would cost them huge amounts of money because they've been so good. Mm-hmm. How much would it oh, and I didn't get Luca? Oh, sorry, go how ahead. How much would it take to get Luca Dean now? Like a crazy amount of money. Somebody I didn't even mention was Richarlison, who led, you know, joint leader in scoring. Mm-hmm. I didn't even mention him. And the fact that he started on one side, moved to the center, moved to the right, he adapted, adjusted, stopped flopping all over like a friggin' land-bound salmon. You know, I, I, w- I was glad that finally he decided to toughen up and start playing a little more, uh, actually playing instead of just, you know, falling. Uh, yeah, he's done well. He's done very well. I'm, and you know what? We have we have a, a Brazilian national on our team who has a, a cool little celebration dance and does lots of videos with Neymar and shit. That's just that's a little personal geek out I like. <laughs> yeah, massive massive amounts of pressure that he's at the shoulder as well because you, yeah. you know for, I don't know, the British media sports media were desperate for him to fail because oh. he was he was such a big price tag um, and. He'd left Watford and gone to Everton with Marco Silva, and you know they you know, didn't like Silva for that anyway. I don't know. I, th- I feel like the press were all quite you know up for him flopping at Everton, and he hasn't done it. He's performed, and I think they've got to praise him through gritted teeth now. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, I also want to add for a good surprise uh, the the number of clean sheets that uh, Pickford presented us with which was great Mm -hmm. um good surprise and then for a disappointment a few a couple of games where emotionally or concentration wise i mean he had four errors leading to goals this season all right so uh the good with the bad with pickford he's young you know you've you've read my mind because he was going to be my pick for a disappointment hmm I mean, are we doing the disappointments now, or just, hey, we can mix them up, man? There's, hey, this is like thunder, thunderdome, man. There's, there's no rules. <laughs> it's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, we'll, 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 I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll, I'll do. It's okay. It's okay. I brought him up. You know, I brought him up. In this. so, if, so I mean, I think there is a, a surprise in that he did present us with some solid performances and give us some clean sheets, which part of that is due to him, but a big portion of that is due to defensive, you know, formation and style really starting to take over, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, so, so I want to give it, give it joint credit on that. Uh, how, but yeah, so you were going to go disappointment and I, I agree with that too. The fact that he sort of individually lost us some points mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the summary, you know, in the world copy, you know, he, had a massive, massive moment in you know well a few massive, massive moments really the the big save against Colombia the penalty shootout where he he should have gone into this season really and became the star at Everton he was you know lined up he, all that everything was in place for him to become Everton star the England keeper the sort of hero of that World Cup run that got you know the whole country up and this season he's just his wear is is is. Worst traits have 
been more prominent than his good traits. He's cost us points. Mm-hmm. You touched on it, Denny's. I can think it's two off the top of my head. He, you know, we, we should have drew against Liverpool at Anfield, but for the mistake there, the mm-hmm. mistake against um, well, the multiple mistakes against Newcastle, we should have won that game. We should have drawn against um, Liverpool. We lost both. That's four points. If we get another four points, we're in Europe. Not yeah. as simple as that because there's other games that other players have cost us. But it's like it, it's it's ridiculous. Like there's it, the point, the goal, one of the goals, the key goal. I know they scored a lot of goals, but the key goal against Tottenham at home was Pickford's mistake when he's running out between him and Zuma. Now Pickford can see the player. Zuma can't. That's on Pickford to deal with. Zuma can't see the man behind him. Pickford can. There's been times this season where he's been a liability Pickford. He's been, you know, consistent a lot through the season. It was like you could you're meant to be the star Everton man. You're, you know, the big profile, you know, England number one. You should be adding points to our season, not taking them away. A top top mm-hmm. keeper, which Pickford is and has the potential to be. A top top keeper earns you ten points in a season. He doesn't cost you like multiple points when especially when we're on the you know, precipice of, you know, sort of on the, the borderline for European place and stuff like that. If you're going to finish 10th or 11th, like Watford did, um, anyway, um, it's not a big deal, but if you're trying to achieve things, then you need to be better than that. Pickford is a big player with a big ego, and I like that, but he, he needs to back it up and learn when to, you know, bring his arrogance out and when not when to get his head down. And that's something he's had to learn this season, and I hope he takes into next season. So he's been my... Big disappointment, if I'm honest, for this season. Pickford could have been the man this season, and he's not lived up to it. I think he went into the season overconfident based on the World Cup, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you go into it, uh, you go into a season like that. Um, I don't know. Sometimes you, you go like that, it prevents you from from really gelling with the rest of the team. You know, you go in, you almost, you know, Billy Big Britches, you know, uh I have no evidence that he's like that at all. It's just something that, you know, I could see that. You know, and, and his and his performance at Newcastle, the you know, it's just one of those things where you're this is where we're at as a club though. All right. We we are are purchasing and bringing in young game changers. All right. They're young, they have immense potential and they're gonna do a lot of amazing things. But Newcastles are going to happen, you know. Little, you know. There's going to be slip ups. There's going to be inconsistencies because they're still young, mm. you know. And that's where we're at as a club right now because us buying polished, finished articles is really hard to do, you know. Because a lot of those polished, finished articles want Champions League, you know. And that allows Dortmund to get these really amazing players for like not much money because people are like. Yeah, I'll I'll go there. I can uh, can play a little uh, Champions League, and you know, yeah, I'll play for you, uh, Torgan Hazard. You know, couple of couple of, a little bit of change. You know what I mean? They, they did not pay much for him. It's ridiculous <laughs> what they paid for him. All right. So, I, <laughs> but that's just where we're at right now, though, because English clubs, uh, number one. English clubs, the, the the prices are inflated for us because of Sky money, because of the TV money. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. All the prices are hyperinflated. You know, when I think about how much Huddersfield made last season com- compared to what Valencia made 
last season. Valencia made less than Huddersfield. All right? Big difference in quality there. But that's just the way it is. So everyone's going to boost their prices for Premier League teams. Um, but the Champions League players, you know, that's they want to go to Champions League clubs, and that's the way it is. So we're going to have these players that make that are going to make these these immature mistakes. There's going to be immaturity. It's going to be there. Um, or players that maybe haven't played for a while, like a Gomez. You know, we bring in a, a Cadillac type, Cadillac type player who's going to have some injury concerns. You know, Mina didn't even play very much for Barcelona the season before, mm-hmm. so maybe there's a very good reason why he had injury problems. You know, so. It's just it's just the way it is. Uh, so Pickford, there was good and bad. Yeah, right? oh yeah. The, tremendous tremendous save against was it Salah in yeah, in the yeah. in the Derby, the Goodison Derby. Yeah. Another big him and Keane. You know, you're welcome, world. Just saying, <laughs> it was nice. Oh, that no. was the one that Max preferred his save. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I think I preferred it to be honest, considering the amount of stick he got for the first one. I mean, stick off us is one thing, but. Stick- that is that is a very fair yeah, reason too. <laughs> like Shane wrote those little arms in it that stopped you uh, winning the title at Goodison Park. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say a disappointment for me this season because I was expecting a lot bigger things from him. And I'm a, I, I, as a person, he's a, seems like a good guy. Jink Tosin. Uh, Jink Tosin was a player came into the season. I actually thought he had a pretty solid game against Wolves. You know, combined well. I think he got an assist. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like he got the second assist you know, to Richarlison. Um, but uh, and it's just a shame as the realization hit me that he's just better in a two. You know, and it, it, you know teams running a four four two having an additional an additional striker to help out or someone playing immediately behind, you know, as a second striker, you know, just uh, giving him support because he just does not seem to fit what Silva's trying to do. And that's a shame because I do think he's a quality striker for someone. It's just a shame it's not us. It doesn't seem like it's going to be us, you know? So I was a little disappointed with that. Not with not with his personality at all. He seems... Great. No, I agree. I came into this season thinking he was going to um, kick on and be be the central player in, in amongst that front three, and, and he, it just doesn't seem to work. I, mean, I think the the league sort of doesn't suit him. He's, he's not fast enough or strong enough. He can't bully players or outpace them. I think finishing wise, he's brilliant. I think you know, give him a give him a chance in the box, he finishes it. But it's just yeah. players. He struggles to get away from players. He struggles to to dominate players physically just doesn't seem to suit him the league but as an actual footballer I think he's a good player I think he's you know he's got an eye for goal but we just don't play the style that suits him or in a league that suits him but for me I would agree with that I think the league is a big issue for him you watch him trying to you know on one of our goal kicks Pickford's goal kicks watching him trying to body off center backs who are let's be frank I feel like Premier League has the biggest center backs in the world all right, Tosun, who's like six feet tall, I think, not super tall for a striker. All right, he's trying to like push them off. He does not win aerial duels in those circumstances. DCL does, okay, giving us additional chances to win possession. Typically, Tosun loses those aerial duels and it goes straight back to the other team after they win them. All right, uh, that's that's something that that it, it is a it's an issue for him. All right. Uh, 
I don't think his touch is brilliant either. Uh, I don't. There are times where it, it does bounce far off. I do think he's a good player who does combine well. He gets his head up. He's he's an unselfish player, uh, and he is uh, capable of a highlight. You know, um, I think he's going to go somewhere and become a really solid striker. I I just don't think he's going to be with us next season. It's just not what Silva wants. It seems like you know. So if we're going to have a bigger player, it seems like it needs to be someone who's both taller and stronger. You know, it's a shame. I was getting excited about Tosun Pasha. Mm. Oh, well. Um, can I just mention um, a, uh, a a positive that came out? You mentioned as a positive, a possible uh, most improved player. Can I mention uh, DCL being able to fill the striker role the way he has? Not scoring goals, but... DCL's uh, pressing work, combination play, hold-up play. He's doing everything except scoring, and I just want to say that that's the fact that he's matured as a team player. That was surprising to me, and I was happy with that. Yeah, I'm super pleased with him. He he was my pick for most improved player in the the video we did on that. I am even over Michael Keane. He's come such a long way. I, I never used to be a fan of him. I used to not see what Koeman saw in him I was like why does he play like it just doesn't do anything <laughs> I, I just didn't see it and I, I was wrong I, we, I do see it now he's the prototype for what we want as a striker if he could if he scored regular goals oh he'd be a 100 million pound player physically he's got everything he's fast he's strong he works hard he presses he takes instruction he just lacks that killer instinct he misses chances and if he can add that mm-hmm. to his game forget it he, he could go as far as he wants He's, he, he would be brilliant he's just he is still very young though he, I've been mm-hmm. very pleased with him though very surprised I, I I wish he was as good as he is now last season when we had to when we was, we had no other option but him and I thought yeah. that was really unfair on him at the time he wasn't ready to be thrust into that spot and we had to do it and um, now I think he'd be ready because it's you know he's, he's come on and he's been a really you know one of the key players in these games against the top six who are starting to get results again. Take Calvert-Lewin out to any of those games. I don't think we, we win as many of them. I think some of them we lose because he's just so important. I agree. I'll, uh, we'll talk more about... I, I have some things about Calvert-Lewin I want to say when we get to our uh, podcast segment about uh, <laughs> the starting 11 as Avengers. So we'll get there on that. That's for... For you people watching the video, you will have to pop over to the pod for the bit of geekery. And if you hate geek stuff, then it, you just don't need to go. Don't listen to it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty much the last bit of my, you know. I do have some disappointment related to Mina being injured. But you know, he, he can't help that. Oh, well. You know what I mean? So that's about it, though. Uh Anything else you got, Terry? No, no. It's been a um, been a good season. I, I goods about it. I wouldn't go too overboard, but I think I I just can't. I, I'm not so far removed from what we were like last summer. I think I'd have took this all day and twice on Sunday all week mm-hmm. when we were um, last summer when the the joy was sucked out to supporting the club it was yeah. you know. We've come a long way since then. It's just time to build on that now, and and you know get get the rest of our team in place because we've. I want to get back into Europe. I want to start you know trying to win cups again, and I think we're on the back on the way forward. We've 
um, mm-hmm. floundered for a couple of years, but I've I've got faith now that things can be improved and are being improved. Don't wrap it up yet. We still got to talk about standout matches. All right. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, hold on, hold on, don't do your big summary just yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just there. Uh, just me and it. I'm quite. Uh, <laughs> nah, man, that's good. My flower. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to move on to, to the next segment, though. Talk about uh, matches that stood out for good reason and bad reasons. So, we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, after that uh, delicious melody that was dropped to us by uh, hope you enjoyed it it really says a lot about my views on life my philosophy my approach to the universe I hope that was really a good song Uh, so matches that stood out to us Uh, for low points I gotta be honest I, I had no problem just listing a shit ton of low points (laughs) <laughs> certain results that were just really not great um, <clears throat> however uh, once I started really looking at the uh, results list uh, I started remembering some happy feelings uh, so I've got equal amount of low points and high points I think so Terry you want to start with a low point or a high point in terms of matches that stood out you're probably going to be saying a lot of the stuff that I... Yeah, I mean... So there's going to be some overlap. I think I've got two two of each. So I'll start with one low point, and it's quite an obvious one. It's the Anfield Derby. Okay. I wrote that down. It sucked the ass. What's your next one? <laughs> let, us n- let us never speak of it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, next one is... Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to say the next one or actually talk about the yeah. <laughs> It's up to you. I I I didn't even I was just like, oh yeah, Anfield Derby, let's go. Uh no, it's really up to you. If you have something you want to say about it, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, in short, we played well. It was bullshit that we lost. They were so lucky. Uh it was an individual error and they acted like they'd won the World Cup and then pretended that we act like we win the World Cup if we beat them. So That's right. I'm, really, I'm really glad that we could stop them from winning the league at Goodison Park. That's right. Yeah, the next one, uh, the next negative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with everything you said. I have nothing to add. Go to your it, next one. <laughs> uh, Millwall in the cup. It was, oh, shit. Uh, I wrote that one down, was, too. Them, those two games were probably the two lowest in the points in the season. The fact that an FA Cup run can, you know, turn a faltering season around. And at that point in whenever it was, I think it was January. Um, we'd had a pretty ropey um, December. You know, the wheels mm-hmm. had started to come off the early season optimism. And a lower league, you know, op- lower league team should have been an opportunity to A, you know, get a much needed victory and B, you know, get some momentum going in the Copa Cup. We all want to win. And it was just awful. Like we, we went down there and, you know, there was trouble with supporters and, and the you know we as bad as we were we conceded a you know excuse the language bullshit you know their goal at the very end with players being offside and it was just such a drab you know at that time it felt like 
oh my god, it's January and we've got nothing left to play for in the season and it's it, it's terrible. It, Wasn't one of their goals with their hand? Uh, something like that. I don't know whether it was offside or what they, they basically. No, um, one of their goals went off the player's hand. He knocked it in like he's playing volleyball. All right. I mean, we want. And had there been VAR, yeah. would not have counted. That's but it's only there for certain teams yeah. in certain stadiums. But I think the thing about that was at that time, even if we'd have won, we'd have gone to the next game and I didn't have much confidence. We'd have got through no matter who we played against because we were so mm. poor at the time. And it was a weak time. You're right. It's the it's the biggest black mark on Silver's uh, season is the poor performance in the cups, and I, I I would expect next season considering. The steep learning curve that it was for him, that we'll start to see some stronger teams in the cups because I think mm. he, you think he realizes if he wins a cup here, then he's got credit for a long, long time. He, he's going to, you know, mm-hmm. be seen as a hero because it's something that the club needs to address. Need to get that monkey off our back. We've been good enough several times to win a cup, and we always seem to just beat ourselves like this. Like you know, to go out to Southampton and, and to Millwall, it's just. It's just real low points, real, you know, kicking the guts at a time when yeah. things were going poorly anyway. So they're, they're my two lowest points anyway. The, the two that had the biggest impact on supporters on the season, I think. Okay, it's really difficult to, like, debate those. They are two that are on my list, definitely. I wrote a bunch more down, though, just because I I dwell in pain. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's where I live. I live in a very painful place. Uh, I have to mention the uh, 1-1 penalties lost to Southampton in the other cup just because I didn't get to watch it. I was having to listen to it on Everton Radio as I was about I was getting to my to my oldest son's practice and I put it over like the the you know, I put it in the car and my my me and my son were listening to it and it was just well, it's, it's just crap, right? I mean, to to lose like that to Southampton at Goodison, right? Um, it's just a another bad cup loss that's, you know, put it on the pile for Everton in recent memory. It's just shit. Um, I need to additionally mention uh, the fi- their, our, our latest loss, 2-0 to Fulham, which basically put us out of European contention. Yeah. Um, just a weak day. Just a weak day. I have to, because it was a time where there was optimism. We were feeling good. Yeah. yeah we, we, were play, we were playing really well and Fulham were all already relegated. It was just a baffling defeat and it was so, mm-hmm. you know, important considering the European race at the time. I think we were in, you know, the box seat at that point and, yeah, that was one of the, one of the poor ones. I can't argue with that one. Yeah, and I, additionally, I'm just going to have to say uh, the loss at Newcastle, 3-2, having a 2-0 lead, and then to collapse like that was um, really disheartening. Again, it was in the middle of a good run of form. That's why I guess these those two losses in particular really ate at me, because it wasn't in the middle of a lull where we were all of our, you know, it wasn't expected. These are, these are moments where we were, we were doing all right. You know, we were playing pretty well. Um, Fulham was just overall just a big meh. You know, the whole day was meh. But Newcastle, we earned that 2-0 lead. We looked good. And then it was just, let's lay down and Pickford just collapses, just has a uh, an emotional 
issue at Newcastle. Uh, yeah, so those those are the ones that really, you know, on top of the ones that you mentioned, uh, yeah, those are the, the ones that hurt. So let's put it that way. So now that we've gotten, you know, the bad juju out of the way, all the negativity, cleanse it. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Very good. Expel. Let's talk about the good stuff. All right, Terry, can you give me a give me a high point? I'll go for an easy one. I'll go for the four 0 win at home over Man United. Just a great game from start to finish. They were they were absolutely awful, and that was all there was to it. That they were awful. If you believe any of the media over here, Everton didn't even play well according to them. Mm-hmm. But no, we we played fantastic. We we absolutely dominated them, and I don't care how poor Man United go. It's always great to you know to turn our upper and perform like yeah. that against them. The goals were great. You know, we had you know, overhead kick from Richarlison. We had a long distance strike from Dean, a long distance strike from Sigurdsson, a rare goal from um, Walcott. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just felt great to not only it, it feels great to beat Man United any time just because of the years of like domination they've had and like, the, the results they've dished out to us. But to beat them like that, to, to truly like you know humiliate them, it was like you, if it was a boxer in the ring, we were starting to like you know put one hand behind our back at one point and just mm-hmm. really, really you know humiliate them. And it it feels good. I I, I love it. I hope we can do that more and more because. Mm-hmm. They, uh, it looks as though I mean they, off the pitch the gap is, is gargantuan but on the pitch it looks like they're the one we need to try and catch they're mm-hmm. uh, not they're not really in any great shakes at the minute and they seem to be the, the weakest sort of link in the top six so hopefully they carry on being like this and we can we can you know rein them in mm-hmm. but, but they didn't, guess we- didn't look like there was much of a difference it didn't look like they were better than us rather in uh, that game because no. we were great. Yeah, we looked really good. And we were just continuing that that period of strong play, which I, I thought one of the moments that started that period of strong play was in the second half against Chelsea. We were, you know, nil-nil at halftime. And we came out and something clicked. And all of a sudden we were all over their asses. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. Won that one two nil. Um, it was a great performance, and I felt like that was a serious tone setter. Uh, now I do think the play uh, when we be- when, after the seventeen day layoff, we talked about it before. That seventeen day layoff, we came back and beat Cardiff three nil. All right, that was solid. But I think we all thought it might have been a false dawn because it was against Cardiff, and you never know which Cardiff's going <laughs> to show up. Uh, so we thought, oh, it's it's Cardiff, and they're probably going to get relegated. Let's just hold our, you know, let's just not go out buying shots just yet. <laughs> um, but uh, I I will say that was that was I don't want to put that at the top of all those other games because I feel like a a one nil win over Arsenal is more impressive than a three nil win over Cardiff. Um, and and I you know. Um, However, I will also mention that 2-0 win at West Ham. We outshot them 17-3. They had one shot on goal. One. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't even think Arsenal mustered many shots on goal against us either. Um, it was just a run. And it all, the big, 
the big, like, holy crap, dominant play started that second half against Chelsea. You know? So, there's a long list of... I do have a long list of some positive vibes after some of these were draws. You know? I didn't hate our nil-nil draw against Chelsea. I didn't hate it. Oh. Didn't hate it. To me, it was like, hey, it was a non-loss against one of the big six, and we came out there to play. And we didn't have to deal with, like, a stupid Martial, you know, flopping to give United the win or Arsenal getting offsides goals. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. the, the bad luck was gone. We had some chances, and we held them at Stamford Bridge. That was a that was a cool moment. I hate saying a, a draw is, is one of your high points, though. Yeah, it wasn't my highest point of the season, uh-huh. but still, it was a it was a note of, of possible progression. The home the home derby was a high point. It was a draw, and you go oh, celebrating a draw. It's like no, but it, it's what it represented. Like it, it was a turning point for the crowds at Goodison Park. You, you know, the, the atmosphere had been awful for a long time, and in that game, I think it was the first game we had the siren. You know, the originals. It started mm-hmm. to. You know, having a effect, yeah. you know, with like you know, flags and stuff. I was like, this is the way it should be. This is the way it was, and it's gone away for so long. And look at the difference it makes. Like Liverpool, make no mistake, were an absolutely unbelievable team last season, and we matched them blow for blow in that game. And and you know, ultimately, in their last ten games and Man City's last ten games, Man City won ten, they won nine and drew one. Guess where they drew? Mm-hmm. It made the difference, and. Mm-hmm. That's an added bonus. The fact that we we went against this team, who frankly are one of the best teams in Europe, and we you know we 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 got the result that we should have got in the home derby as well. There was no luck for them this time. There was no fluke, freak uh, mistake from our keeper. Felt good. I felt like we put that previous result to bed that game. Just say only a draw kind of is a highlight of the season, but draws can you know depending on context, draws can be important, and that draw mm-hmm. saved football for another year. Yeah, and I I maintain I continue to maintain that the more opportunities you get, the luckier you're going to be. You know what I mean? You give yourself opportunities to be lucky. So we just had a lot more. We we were getting a lot more shots as the season went wore on. You know that last third of the season, we were getting more chances than the teams we were playing. So we were getting more of the the luck. You know it wasn't it wasn't as much of these ridiculous. You know I mean the first part of the season it was it was ludicrous yeah. how many things were going against us you know but it evened out it did and i think a big part of this was we just focus on ourselves you know be like you know what it's gonna go bad sometimes whatever let's just focus on getting more chances for us you know um you get more opportunities as a squad you just have to the luck has to increase it has to there's no i mean yeah because luck what is luck Ah, luck. It's in the ether. It's an abstract. <laughs> All right. Anything else about matches that stood out, man? No, no. There was um, a lot of good games. Leicester away, but like I think we touched on the really big ones. Who did we? Who was our very first friendly with during last summer? Oh, um, ATV Arding or something like that. Is it Erdning or yeah. something? Something like that. It was twenty-two nil, and we'd used up all of our goals from pre-season because I don't think we were very good after that. No, <laughs> doesn't matter. I tell people every pre-season, and everyone freaks out anyway. Go, doesn't matter. They can lose every game in pre-season. It's all about fitness as long as they win their first game of real football. 
<laughs> I mean, that was that was the one thing. I remember I found a way to watch that online, and I was. I was like, I don't know what to take from this. I was watching it with my kids, and they were just jumping like every five minutes going, yeah, you know, <laughs> because there were so many goals. You know, kids, when they're really little, like Bennett's six, so he, and he's almost seven, so he's just getting to the point where he can watch a longer stretch of game that doesn't have a goal in it and actually start appreciating the play. You know, but for a while there, it was like it was all about whether or not a, a game had a goal in it. You know, if a goal happened, that's when he was paying attention, you know. And so that game was the best game ever. <laughs> the most entertaining game. If if you if you're the kind of person who doesn't appreciate like fair play, you know, it's <laughs> that, was, that was just oh man, I, I my heart went out to old Erdning, you know what I mean? But we've heard of them now and globally they are more of a brand now, just saying, so maybe the marketing helped. God, that's the worst bright side of the pillow I've had. <laughs> so yeah, instead of the bright side of the cloud, fluffy side of the pillow, yeah, yeah, merge them. Hybrid phrase. All right, anyway, I just wanted to mention that game just because it's it was kind of one of the first impressions we had of the season, and I'd forgotten about it until just now. Um, anyway, all right, well, that's it for our season review then. All right, Um no European place this season, so obviously there is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, however, uh, higher higher stats pretty much all over the place than last season. Higher sense of better sense of optimism. We don't hate ourselves uh, when we watch our, our our team play now. That's these are these are good things. Overall, you mentioned it in the Silva when we were talking about Silva earlier. Just the overall vibe with everybody. There's a sense of excitement, you know, and we're not sitting there like stewing like, oh, God, when are they getting rid of him? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's good. It's good times. And we're excited about the, the summer and excited about what's what's coming. You know, I feel like I feel like we feel like we're in good hands right now. Most of us anyway. Yeah. So good things. All right. So that's it for our season review. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the starting 11 if they were Avengers. If you don't go in for that kind of geeky shit, uh, apologies. We, we that's who we are. We can't change it, right? <laughs> Love us for us. And we are back. Uh, so what what we have going on with this segment is is for the geeks. Uh, so if if you're not a geek, you probably want to go, I don't know, go do shots of Jaeger or something, whatever non-geeks do. I wouldn't know. Uh, what we're doing is we are we are taking the starting 11. We, you know, Everton has a pretty accepted starting 11 at this point, uh, the 11 strongest players at their positions, and we are comparing them to to Avengers. Because all, all the kids right now dig the Avengers movies. Endgame is out. I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. Spoilers, sweetie. Uh, so um, that's what's going to happen. All right. So uh, uh, we'll probably we'll start with Terry just because we always, always do that. Um, I, I think we may could have, end up having some similarities, a lot of similarities, um, 
I'm going to say early doors that we're probably not going to have a lot of overlap. I don't predict we will. No, oh, is that right? <laughs> okay, I guess we'll see. I don't know. So, Terry, if you want to go ahead and give, uh, go ahead and start us off, uh, however, wherever you want to go, let's let's hear who, who the Everton Avengers are. I'm going to go with Luca Dean as Spider-Man. Ah, Luca Dean as Spider-Man. I did not see that coming. All right, so, uh, so yeah, why? Why is Luca Dean Spider-Man? Because Luca Dean and Spider-Man are both the fresh-faced, new additions to the team. They're really well-liked. They're really important, but they don't realize how important they are to the team. And they are a big part of the future of the team going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about it like that, but it, it uh, definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, so, how should we how should we proceed on this, Terry? Should I give a, a corresponding Avenger for Luca Dean or uh, a corresponding player to to Spider Man? I do the the equivalent superhero. So, who have you got Spider Man as? All right. Okay. So. Uh, I've got uh, <laughs> my Spider-Man for the exact same reasons you just gave for <laughs> Luca Dean uh, is uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, DCL is my Spider-Man. Young, uh, you know, doesn't always uh, doesn't always accomplish the objective that he wants to accomplish. Is uh, is not always one of the main spearheads of the attack. However, but uh, what it, one of the things he does is doing his job allows other people to do their jobs, and I think that's one of the things uh, Spider-Man does really well. Also, um, <clears throat> uh, DCL like Spider-Man uh, tends to disappear <laughs> at times. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Terry, uh, you wanna you wanna go ahead and move on. Uh, I've just thought, I think I've got two that will cross over with you, so I'm going to do them two next. Okay. Captain America is Seamus Coleman. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do have that as well. I do. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. It was really quick. <laughs> the leaders, the inspiration of the team, the one they all look to on the field... And um, sometimes they struggle because they're not as um, powerful as some as their uh, the opposition, or they you know need some of the the bigger hitters to come and help them. But overall, they're the they're the the, the, the captain of the team, the the focal point of the team, and they're both the oldest. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and for the exact same reasons, you know, a leader. Um, rules with his heart and his instinct, you know, just kind of makes sense. Um, additionally, I would I would add one other thing that uh, you know, Seamus doing his Forrest Gump down the sideline, as Max likes to say, he always does the Forrest Gump line with uh, with Seamus. Uh, Seamus running down the sideline with sideline with reckless abandon just completely reminds me of of Cap like going into a, a fight just just. Not even thinking about it, just just going and just you know, just just mindlessly running through there. Um, yeah, so I, I I'd say that I, I am so with you on that. So, what's your other one where we've got some overlap? Probably. 
And Thor is Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah, I, I I had to go Gilfie with Thor. Yeah. The big um, the big hitter, the one they turn to when they need they need strength. Um, has a major impact um, on damaging the opposition. Um, and let's just get it out the way. His middle name, Gilfie Sigurdsson, is Thor. <laughs> How could you not? Um, yeah, I've got that as well. Pretty much had to do that one. Yeah. And his shots, his just like long range, just thumping shots from distant. I immediately the first thing I think of is is a thunderbolt every time. And so Thor dishing out thunderbolts. Yeah, it's hard not to go with that. It just just makes sense to me. So anyway, okay. So there's the overlaps. Now let's start getting a little back to the uh, variation. Uh, Terry, who, who, who do you have next? I'm going to go with the Hulk being Andre Gomez. Ah, I, I am a little surprised. Okay, so uh, Andre Gomez is the Hulk. Uh, why, why is Andre Gomez the Hulk? Because on occasion, he can be the most powerful member of the team, and he can be the one to get them out of trouble when they need to. But he's got a really, really bad temper, and sometimes he's a detriment to the team rather than a help to the team. It depends on a, it depends on the circumstance. So he's equally as helpful and harmful to the team at different times. For the exact same reasons, it's funny, like because of the personalities of these characters. For the exact same reasons, <laughs> I have the Hulk as as, as Jordan Pickford, uh, someone who. Seems to be almost entirely ruled by emotions. Um, can sit there and be, can be huge in games for you. Just, just giving you everything you need, all the power you need, and then sometimes his emotions will cause you to uh, to take an L uh, and put you in worse trouble than you were in in the beginning. Uh, Newcastle. There's there's an example of that. I love that. That's that's just as just as fit. And it could really be either that, really, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, who do you got next? Uh, Bernard um, is Doctor Strange. So Bernard is Doctor Strange. Why is Bernard Doctor Strange? Well, they're both magicians, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That's clever. Yeah, they're, they're, both, um, they're both masters of their, of their craft. They're both... Um, are really important to the team, but are very understated. Like they, they, you know, on the face of it, you think you don't realise how important they are. But um, you know, Doctor Strange has been absolutely vital to the last two Avengers films. You know, like how the story plays out. And yeah, I just don't think any more needs to be said other than both are magic at what they do. Uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. I think that all that makes sense. Um... I don't actually have a Doctor Strange on my list. Do you have a Bernard? I do. Um, Who's Bernard? For me, and this is not having anything to do with height whatsoever, Bernard is (laughs) Ant-Man. It is. It so is. (laughs) Yeah, and it's mainly because of Bernard's ability to get in and explore tight spaces. <laughs> I've just realized as well, we've totally gone off the uh, starting 11 because we've said Coleman 
Uh, or did he play? I think it was Zoom. Well, I mean, it's the starting. It's the starting eleven. You know, so it's really. I realize Coleman didn't start uh, the previous match. However, he is our starting right back. Oh, that's cool. I thought we were doing last game. So. Yeah, uh, we don't have to worry about the minutiae, the hair splitting details. We're good. So, uh, Terry, what is what is your who's your next Everton Avenger? I'm gonna go with Drissa Ghana Gay as Iron Man. Drissa Ghana Gay as Iron Man. Why is Ghana the Iron Man? Because Iron Man says in um, the second Avengers film, goes, "I just build everything, pay for everything, organize everything." The whole team can't run without Iron Man. He facilitates everything. The Avengers are Iron Man's team. And I think, um, although he's not the leader, it's the same with Adrissa Gay. Without Adrissa Gay, none of the other players can do their stuff anywhere near as well. Iron Man is the glue that holds the Avengers together. That's really and good. And I think Adrissa Gay is the glue that holds the Everton team together. I have a different Iron Man. Um, my Iron Man is... Someone who is flashy, like Tony Stark. Uh, it constantly seems like he's in the spotlight. Uh, there's video of him doing his thing all over the place, just like Iron Man. Doesn't seem to really hide from his celebrity. Um, and uh, is quite powerful. And this is one of the reasons why uh, my Iron Man is Richarlison. I knew it. <laughs> But I, I got to be honest, Terry. I really, I, I really like uh, your reasons for Ghana being Iron Man. I think that's a, that's really well thought out. Um, so, who's next, man? Um, I'm gonna go with Star Lord. Is Yeri Mina? Yeri Mina is Star Lord. Now he's not a starter, right? No, but it's the uh, I came to mind because they're not. You know, front and centre members of uh, either of the teams, and they've both got like a sort of silly, you know, attitude towards things. But when uh, when the chips are down, they've both uh, you know, they both played for the team themselves, but in a in a limited capacity compared to the others. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Okay. Um, I've got for me, like Yari Mina, if he's anybody, he would be, you know, Groot. You know. Similar height and, and often often injured. <laughs> yes, that's even better. All right, so uh, so uh, so who's next for you, Terry? Mm, okay, I'm gonna go with Kurt Zuma. Is Black Panther? Kurt Zuma is Black Panther because he's super fast and super strong and. That's all I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> fast and strong, and that's all. I and mean, that's that's a that's a good reason. Um, and he comes from a very very wealthy place. One being Chelsea, the other being Wakanda. Ah, <laughs> oh, Terry, I like that a lot. <laughs> Chelsea as Wakanda. <laughs> uh, I have a different Black Panther. Um, my Black Panther is uh, Idrissa Gay. Yeah, I, I think Idrissa Gay. Uh, the last time I watched him play, the uh, the commentator was talking about, was comparing him to a big cat, the way he was just attacking uh, the ball and constantly uh, tackling everyone. Uh, and so immediately, uh, just his athleticism, speed, aggression, uh, power for his size, uh, 
uh, just immediately made, made me think of, of Black Panther. I think an argument for the same reasons you mentioned about Doctor Strange earlier, you could possibly uh, get, make an argument for Doctor Strange, also for the facial hair reasons. Uh, who's next, man? I'm going to say Michael Keane is Hawkeye. Okay, uh, so why? The importance of each member's... Um, the importance of each member to their respective team is understated, and it's only really noticed when they're not mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like Hawkeye, whilst not being the most flashy of the Avengers, is uh, important to the team on a sort of security and like you know confidence level for the rest of the team. He's you know he's he's one of the weaker Avengers, but he's needed he's crucial to the team when when things have been down he, he's got them out of a hole like in the second film takes them to his little farm out in nowhere for them to regroup Michael made some last ditch tackles and the same thing when they you know the, you know, the opposition's been hitting the uh, Everton defence hard that's good uh, my Hawkeye I'm not sure if I like my reasons as much as I like your reasons but uh, I've got my Hawkeye is Luca Dean mainly because um, you, know, I, you know I think either the last game next or the next to last game his crosses were just absolutely just precise he was able to he's able to pick out men in the air with the ball uh in between defenders it's just it's amazing frankly and his absolutely precision uh dead balls outside the box the way he's just curving them perfectly into the corner uh for me uh and he's and he's just he's not one of the loudest guys. He's more just an understated guy. He just kind of allows his his play to speak for him. It just reminds me of Hawkeye a bit, you know. So, so who's next for you, Terry? Uh, Richarlison is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is Richarlison. How do you have Mister Pigeon Dance being Captain Marvel? Um, because they're both sort of misunderstood because they've both got sort of a, a sour sort of um, demeanour and like face, like facial, like rest and face, but they're both the most powerful members of the whole team. Like Captain Marvel's the most um, powerful Avenger um, and if there's any question about that, you need to see Endgame. Um, okay, and I have to be honest, I have not seen Endgame or Captain Marvel yet, so I don't I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel, frankly. Um, yeah, so, so she, she's super powerful, and Richarlison is the most effective, you know, forward player at the club. Um, and the only one who comes close to him is Sigurdsson. Same way, the only one who comes close to Captain Marvel is Thor. So it's sort of that super powerful, misunderstood because of a demeanor that is not accurate to their actual personality. I want to see it. It's at the $3 theater locally. So I believe me and my sons may go watch that soon. Um, but uh, I, so I, I have no Captain Marvel on my, on my team. Okay. Um, so uh, who do you have left, Terry? I feel like you don't have too many more left. I'm going to go with Pickford is Ant-Man. <laughs> You've got Jordan Pickford as Ant-Man. I'm curious to hear reasonings. But sometimes he can be enormous and sometimes he can be really small. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. He's got the potential to be a really powerful, really important member, but um, the lack of taking things seriously can sometimes lead to him being one of the lesser um, members of the team. And 
yeah, Ant-Man has been at times when he's huge, he can be really powerful, and sometimes we, there's lack of seriousness really hurts him, and that's, I think, applies to Pickford as well. No, that's good. No, that's that's thoughtful. It's funny and thoughtful. The total package, Terry. Well done. Uh, so, Terry, you've got one more. One more starter. Calvert-Lewin. Okay. Calvert-Lewin is War Machine. And uh, why Why do you have DCL as War Machine? Because they're both effective, they're both strong, but they sort of don't get the credit they deserve because focus is pulled a little bit away by um, other players. Like you've got Richarlison as Iron Man. Um, and yeah, I just think hard worker powerful member of the Avengers but doesn't get the limelight because of the other characters also very disciplined because he's in the army very uh, hard working I would say for the exact same reason for the exact same reasons that you have DCL as War Machine I have Kurt Zuma as as my War Machine let's see here who else I think that's it for you man Um, so and uh I, I've got two left, I believe. Uh, I've got Michael Keane as Falcon, uh, mainly because he's he's like Seamus's right hand man, or maybe we should say left hand man. He's always right there beside beside him. So he's just like Captain America. He's always right there with Captain America, and that just makes sense. That adds up. It's it's proximity. On your left. <laughs> I just watched that one, so I get that reference. I understand that reference. Um, he's literally on his left. Yeah, he is. And uh, additionally, uh, I have, and so this is maybe my weirdest one, I have Andre Gomez as Black Widow. Mainly because you don't really know where his allegiances lie, you know? You're not sure with him being on loan, where he's coming from, where he's going, what's going on with Andre Gomez. Is he a double agent? What's up? Um, And uh, he's damn gorgeous. (laughs) You know, so yeah, he's gorgeous. <laughs> That's great. Really quick, uh, Terry, who is Nick Fury? Silva, Bronze, Mashiri. Which one of those three? It's gotta be Mashiri, hasn't it? He's the head man. Now Mashiri's more like Odin, isn't he? Like he's he's the the top top guy. Nick Fury's Silver. Nick Fury's Silver because he manages the Avengers team. He doesn't manage everyone. Bronze would be who. I don't know. Do you think Browns may be uh, like Doctor Strange or Adam Warlock or Captain Marvel? I don't know. I I, I had trouble with this. Uh, I'd say Fury is um, is Silver though, because he the Avengers team is managed by him, not anyone else. I'm with you as Fury being Silver. You've seen Doctor Strange, have you? I have seen Doctor Strange. Yeah, I liked it a lot, actually. I liked it a lot. I think uh, Browns is the ancient one. <laughs> Knows all. And it's wise, wiser than everyone else. <laughs> uh, and now every time I see uh, Marcel Bronze, I, I'm going to think about Tilda Swinton. <laughs> there could be there could be worse mental correlations. Just saying. Oh yeah, and one other thing, just because we have to do it, uh, Terry Hustanos. Um, Mike Riley, the head of the referees. <laughs> or. Um, Name a big referee. <laughs> Jürgen Klopp, whatever, fuck the referees. Jürgen Klopp is, is Thanos because, yeah, because they're the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Are we the baddies? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have Klopp as Thanos too. I, I couldn't <laughs> think of him if anybody else is, is Thanos. You know, it just seemed perfect because Klopp is Thanos because he has this great plan to rule the universe that nearly worked. Yes. That <laughs> is brilliant. You're so close. Nearly Just <laughs> thing nearly won. It just seemed to make sense, you know? Uh, just stopped them, isn't it? And just like in real life, the Avengers stopped them. Yeah, and they lost the league at Goodison. And there it is. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the end of our, our geeky, uh, extraordinarily geeky uh, Everton Avengers uh, pod segment. Um, thanks a lot for <laughs> tolerating that one. Uh, but frankly, I had fun with this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and this wraps up our big show. Uh, so, thanks to everybody for listening. If you've been listening via podcast, please subscribe to the Top of Blues podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and if you're thinking, gosh, you know, I bet Jerry's probably really weird looking. Well, you know, you could find that out by watching our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's just called the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. It's like super easy to, to Google that. Um, so, check it out and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Um, if you want more Terry, and goodness knows we all do, you can find Terry on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. Um, and check out his Twitter. He'll tell you when and where he's going to be there. There's like one more, probably one more Liverpool Echo Fan Jury where you'll find him. And then there'll be like a little break for uh, for the preseason and whatnot. Um, and also, if you want to if you want to see him in person, catch him in person, you're not going to be able to find that on Twitter. But maybe if you just walk out on the street, you'll, you'll see some Terry and give him a big old hug, and he'd appreciate it. Um, so uh, additionally, uh, check out the Toffee Blues website if you haven't already. Um, a lot of new stuff happening with the Toffee Blues website. It's pretty exciting what's happening. So check that out. Lots of content on there. So please, if you will, go there. Also follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's all I got. No more plugging. Terry, thanks so much. It's great to great to talk to you as always. You too, man. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. So yeah, I guess we'll see you later, everybody. Have have nice dreams of big old signings. Perhaps a little more exciting than Jonas Losel. Uh, but hey, it's it's a good start. So that's all we got. Thanks so much, and bye.